Welcome to Round Guy, the podcast on uh, high school football edition sponsored by Smithburg Auto. Smithburg Auto, Fairfield, Iowa, two locations to serve you better. If you're looking for a car, talk to David. Now, on the phone with us today from KCII is Zach. Uh, you, uh, Jack, you, how do you pronounce your last name? Eulen. Jack Eulen. And uh, Zach Eulen, uh, he's on the Fairfield or the Friday football preview show with Cole Cook, who was uh, our guest last week, and uh, our audience responded very favorably to him. He's here to play Beat the Round Guy. Uh, Zach, tell us about the station that you're on, where they can find it, and uh, all that good stuff. Sure. Um, This is pretty timely. We're celebrating our 60th year on the air here. Uh, We signed on October of 1961. Uh, We're KCII Radio out of Washington. We're just off the square here on uh here in washington um we're on the dial on am 1380 fm 102.5 and fm 106.1 we're also on the web at com. we have free live streams there and uh, on top of that we have uh, some mobile apps that are free for you to download on your device out of uh, whichever play store uh, you might be using on your device there um, we do some different things as far as uh, local news, local sports. We've got an on-air staff uh, that works in the office of eight or nine people. Well, the, you guys cover this uh, Southeast Iowa football like nobody's business. Uh, any of our listeners, I'm telling you, catch one of their shows. they got Coach's Corner at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning and Friday from 6 to 7. They have the Friday Night Football Preview Show, and they're fantastic, and you get some great information uh, we absolutely love your broadcast. It gives us all the inf- you know, most of the information that we pass on to our listeners comes from you guys. You're also the voice of the Screaming Eagles, are you not? Uh, we're uh, well, yeah. So we split our signals on Friday nights. Um, uh, you allude to the uh, Football Friday preview show that runs from six until seven, and that's a program that uh, we preview all of our area games uh, for the ten schools within our listening area. And then uh, once we get to seven o'clock, we split our signals. So over on uh, 102.5 and 1380, um, me and either Larry Tabakhorst or Pat Katie do the Mid-Prairie Golden Hawk broadcast. And then over on 106.1 is Cole Cook and Sean Ellingson with the uh, Washington Demon football broadcast. And then the other shows uh, that you mentioned, we've got uh, 9 o'clock, the KCI Radio Coaches Corner. That's uh, every single Saturday uh, all year long. So We do uh, basketball during the winter. We do uh, track during the spring, baseball during the summer, football in the fall. And then Wednesdays at 6 and 10 o'clock at night and 1 o'clock on Thursday afternoons, we do what we call the PM Sports page, where we cover uh, shows with coaches and athletes uh, for those that we don't do play-by-play for. So um, right now in the fall, we have a volleyball and a cross-country show each and every week. In the winter, it's a wrestling show each week. In the spring, it's a uh, soccer uh, along with um, archery, uh, we also uh, talk golf um, on that show, and then it's a softball show in the summer. Well, that's outstanding coverage, and it's really good for the area. And you guys are just, you know, the best that I've seen at doing it. So, well, are you ready to play beat the round guy? Well, we'll we'll play. I'm not going to guarantee anything about beating, but uh, we'll play and we'll see how it goes. Well, last week uh, your buddy Cole was nine and three, and he actually won the thing. Uh, so we got high expectations for you, but uh, I've really picked out some very tough games. Uh, I think that might separate it. So, beat the round guy is based on a show 
that uh, was ran in Iowa for 25 years on WHO TV by a guy named Jim Zobel. Uh, and uh, Round Guy was a guest on that. They they uh, did it for five years in the 90s, and he was quite often one of the guests for that show, and it was kind of a football pick show sponsored by Ham's Beer. So uh, in the in the memory of that show, we're going to play Beat the Round Guy. So uh, the first game I want to talk to you about is Fort Madison, 6-1 and one at uh, North Scott. I, have, um, I go on the Max Prep site, and uh, they have Fort Madison at number 19, I think there are some other uh, – uh, they might be ranked somewhere else in the state a little higher. And we have uh, North Scotts at they're, – they're at North Scott. North Scott's 7-0. and And I see a lot of uh, rankings of them at number one. Is that what you you have? Uh, yeah. So we operate on a couple of different pools and kind of take an aggregate. But when it comes down to it, um, nine times out of ten, we end up using the Associated Press rankings uh, here at our station. Um, and yeah, they've got, uh, they've got North Scott up in that, uh, that top couple area. Okay. So, uh, tell us about this game. What do you think? And, uh, how do you think it'll play out? Well, in a former life, uh, about 10, 12 years ago, um, I, uh, actually worked in, uh, Mac conference, uh, doing some, uh, Muscatine sports. So back in those days, I saw a lot of North Scott. They're doing a lot of uh, what they they did back then, what they're still doing now. I, I find that uh, North Scott is going to come out and they're going to out physical you, or at least attempt to. And that seems to be what uh, Fort Madison has kind of uh, taken their identity to be. I really like where they're coming, and it almost feels like the program for Fort Madison is a year ahead. That staff has come in and done a terrific job of turning things around. And it's uh, kind of the run of male athletes that they've got coming through Fort Madison right now. Um, for quite a while, they uh, struggled athletically at just about everything across the board outside of having uh, a pretty quality wrestling team for the most part and a solid uh, softball team over the last decade. It's been kind of hard times at Fort Madison. When I, I look at these two teams together, though, I, I find that though they want to do the same thing, one of them just tends to do it a little bit better and more efficiently. I like the North Scott game in the trenches. They're always big. They're always physical. They're a larger school. They can draw on a little bit more of the, uh, the, the base there. So I think it's a ball game where it's physical enough that even the winner feels like they lost a little bit. But I'm going to take uh, North Scott in a uh, somewhat defensive game. I'll say uh, Lancers 28-14. Oh, that's outstanding. For uh, I think if, if Fort Madison could put that score up, it'd almost be a win for them myself. Uh, tell me about this Fort Madison team. I know they, they were 6-0, and then they lost last week to uh, Iowa City Liberty, who seems to be coming on pretty strong. How, how good is Fort Madison, and what are their chances of making the playoffs? Because they could possibly lose the next couple games. Right. Um, you know, they, they had a great way the schedule lays out this year for Fort Madison to be able to build what they want to build and get some of that confidence going. And I think that's uh, that's helpful for a program that's uh, not had a lot of success lately. You look at uh, Fort Madison and you think, well, um, they they need to uh, they need to learn how to win. Well, they, they were able to do that with who they had scheduled here early on in the year. I think the best comparison for Fort Madison that we've had within our listening area was uh, that first district game for Washington. That was at Case Field. Fort Madison really gutted one out against Washington. And that's a Washington team that's improved from the early previous uh, three weeks of the year. They really struggled when it came to injuries in the early season. Washington started to get healthy, and that was one of the first games where Washington kind of turned the corner 
with their athleticism and health uh, and their learning curve, too, after what they lost from a great team last year. Two big plays at the end of the game for Fort Madison. They're able to stop Washington twice in the last five minutes of that game and uh, keep their four-point win. I think that was an important win for them in a game that maybe they don't take uh, the next two or three if they don't get that one. And you start to look at some of the stats for uh, Fort Madison. When they struggle, much like uh, a lot of high school teams do in winning the game, it's because they don't move the ball on the ground very well. But Landis Williams is athletic. Uh, I mean, in that Washington game, he's 18-26, 231, uh, two scores. He, he had a big day there. Um, offensively, they've rolled up some big numbers against teams that they should. But even scoring a couple times against uh, Iowa City Liberty, I know that it was their first win uh, for Liberty, but uh, they've come up on some hard luck, too, this year. I mean, you look back to that Clear Creek game, for instance. That's a game that uh, one play decides that Liberty played like crazy and lost to a really good Clear Creek team. So I think Fort Madison is the real deal. I think they just might be a year ahead with uh, their program maturity. Okay, now the next game I've got is Burlington at North, uh, Iowa City Liberty. We we were uh, – Cole hooked us up with uh, Coach Harris of Liberty, and he gave us a, a really great interview yesterday and uh, had some thoughts on this game. He seems to have a plan for this gigantic running back that they have. I believe his name is Williams at Burlington. Can you talk about this uh, kid and, and uh, the numbers that he's putting up? Yeah, Williams had a big opener against Washington, and that's uh, part of why he got uh, his season going in such a big way. Now, uh, you know, they came out and had a uh, – they had maybe a little chip on their shoulder after uh, what Washington did to him the week before, and, and Burlington seems to have finally found their landing place. Uh, you know, they moved conferences. They moved from the MAC. They moved to uh, – the Southeast Conference, and so they're they're trying to find a landing place with all their athletics, and it looks like they've found it this year. They've put together some nice performances. My uh, my issue with Burlington is that they're just not quite as consistent as you're hoping that they might be. Um, even some of those good performances uh, weren't in wins. I mean, Oski's a pretty good team this year, 24-19. Um, that's a tight ball game. They take care of business against the Atumwas, the Clintons of the world. They handle Mount Pleasant. Um, this last week out, but uh, yeah, Burlington, much like uh, other high school teams, is uh, better when they can run the football, and you start to look at those rushing numbers with uh, what they've got. A guy that can carry the ball 137 times, uh, he's a workhorse. What stands out most to me, two two points on Williams, is yards per carry at 11 and a half, even with 140 carries on the year. I mean, that's incredible. It's up in the top five in the state for anybody with that many carries, up over 100 for the year. 1,500 total yards, so he's durable. 21 touchdowns, but he's got big playability. He's a home run hitter with 22 or 21 touchdowns, but a long of 92. It's not very often at the high school level that you get a mix of all those things. You get a guy that's a big guy that's a workhorse that's going to pound between the tackles and give you three, four yards in a cloud of dust, or you get a guy that's smaller, that's going to work the outside, that's going to be able to turn the corner but he's got both. He's got that rare mix of uh, strength and speed. When you've got a guy that's put up 1,600 yards uh, by himself on the ground, awfully impressive. Now, he doesn't factor a ton in the passing game. But that could be in part because they just don't use him. Uh, you look at the couple passes he's caught this year. He's got a touchdown. He's got uh, a 30-yard per catch average. Maybe he's a guy you can get involved in the screen game also. 
Well, uh, Iowa City, North Liberty, they beat uh, Mount Pleasant two weeks ago. They they won the big big game against Fort Madison this last week. They seem to be on a roll. This seems to be a game that they could win. Well, what do you think? How do, how is this going to play out? Yeah, you know, I didn't think it was going to be long before uh, Coach Harris got that first win uh, up at Iowa City Liberty. Talented bunch. You look at uh, drawing off the uh, the number of people that are within that district that you can draw up. Uh, you know, you're playing teams as tough as they were. Uh, I think that uh, Iowa City Liberty is much better than uh, what their record shows. I mean, you start to think about to the size of schools they're playing. When you're uh, you're going up against City Highs, Linmars, North Scotts of the world, that yeah. North Scott game is one of the tighter games. Yeah, they uh, played North Miami. Scott pretty well, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, twenty-one uh, nothing against North Scott. The Clear Creek game came down to a touchdown on fourth down in the last five minutes of that ball game. Uh, they lost that one thirty-one thirty. Otherwise, they'd have a uh, big win over a Clipper team that's had an enormous season this yeah, year. Yeah, so, don't they play like I four mean, top ten teams already? So uh, let me talk to you about this. Uh, it just seems like to me as I'm looking at the games last week and things, what seems to be making a difference right now is how tough your schedule was. Teams like Pella, teams like Washington, teams like Iowa City, uh, Liberty that uh, don't have good records. But, man, do they seem to be uh, vastly improved or very strong. Yeah, I don't think anybody shied away from scheduling outside of conference, especially in the larger schools. And I think that comes down to the RPI. Um, that uh, that factor the last couple of years, if you're thinking about uh, being in a tough district already, that you can't control. The state's going to give you whoever they're going to give you in the district, but you can control outside of districts. So um, we've had some schools that uh, have really taken that to, as a sign to schedule up or schedule efficiently against quality teams, maybe not all top five teams but the quality teams so that they can get into that wild card conversation with some quality wins outside the district uh, so that they're in that RPI conversation come playoff time. Okay. So uh, who do you got in this game? Uh, well, if uh, we're looking at uh, Iowa city Liberty and uh, Burlington here, correct? Yes. Um, you know, I'm going to take Liberty on the overall talent level. I really think Williams gets his. Um, I think it's going to take quite a few points from Liberty to get the win, but uh, I'm going to think that Liberty beats uh, beats Burlington team factor against individual factor uh, in that ballgame. Well, Coach Harris will be happy to, to see that. Uh, last week, everybody picked against him except for the round guy. <laughs> and uh, round guy pulled off a couple of big ones. He picked Durant to win, and he picked uh, he picked Iowa City Liberty to win. It's pretty amazing. Okay, so uh, – the next game here we got is Cedar Rapids, Washington at four and three. What I see him ranked at is number 20 against Oskaloosa, who seems to be rated 27. They're three and four. They won their first four and lost their last three. Yeah, both uh, both teams trying to, to figure it out here. I look at uh, Oskaloosa and uh, what they've done over the course of uh, this season. We, we had uh, Oskaloosa Clear Creek on our pick'em. A couple of weeks ago, and I tell you what, uh, Clear Creek burned me there. We, we've talked uh, for a while about Clear Creek kind of being Jekyll and Hyde. Um, they were, they've kind of gotten over that stigma this year. So now that um, we've uh, seen through the transverse property, I guess, uh, Cedar Rapids, Washington, and Oskaloosa both uh, taking on Clear Creek, um, I, I still tend to think larger schools, larger talent pool, but Oskaloosa's got that tradition where they've always been 
uh, such a quality team. Um, I, I think that that's one where Cedar Rapids, Washington coming into this one, not what Oskaloosa is this year. I'm still on the Indians wagon, even though things have gotten a little bit tougher here, and I'll take Oski in that game. Well, that's good. Okay. So now here's kind of a fun one. Uh, it's kind of the opposite end of what a lot of these games I got here is, but uh, Mount Pleasant at Clinton. What do you think of this game? Yeah, um, Mount Pleasant has, uh, you know, they were really, when you look at their schedule, probably uh, waiting on that ball game with West Burlington, um, who I saw week one has really struggled, especially now moving up a class. Um, Clinton struggling, too. Um, the last time I saw anything with uh, Clinton football in person was when I was working back in Muscatine and David Johnson, who went on to uh, have a success in the NFL with the uh, Arizona Cardinals, was on that Clinton team that won the MAC Conference back in those days. Uh, we're a far cry from that, though, with uh, the River Kings this year. Uh, they're really struggling, but again, larger school, and that tends to be when in doubt where uh, I fall when it comes to, to picks. I think uh, Clinton, their schedule this year is uh, more formidable than what Mount Pleasant, Pleasant has run up against. I don't think it's going to be pretty for uh, any side of it, but uh, I think Clinton ultimately wins what will be a tight game, a lot like what Mount Pleasant had with uh, West Burlington in a tough game last week, 24-20. I think Clinton takes it by a similar score this go-around. Yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, that NFL player, Dave Johnson. That's uh, one of my very favorite names. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, okay, so here's one that's uh, close to, to you guys uh, information-wise. Uh, I have Washington Demons at 2-5, and five, rated 29 in the state, versus at Fairfield, who I got rated 28th in the state at 5-2. and two. This does seem like uh, – kind of an even matchup where, where are you uh, where do you fall on this one you know these two have been battling for a long time old rivals within the conference and uh washington struggled early because of injuries and youth they were such a good team last year that they didn't get a lot of depth developed and now that these guys have had a chance and they've gotten back to 100 percent uh with uh guys like uh, ethan patterson dual threat quarterback and uh, they can get around some of those slow starts, bad quarters. They've been able to navigate that a little better. Um, so I look at Washington's balance, dual threat quarterback, and finding a way to make big plays here over the last couple of weeks. I know some of them have not come in wins against uh, teams like Solon, but I, I look at kind of, uh, I guess, the grit that Washington's starting to develop here down the stretch. I mean, last week they come into a homecoming game where – there's nothing to play for other than pride, and uh, they took it to Keokuk last week in a ball game where both teams could have just uh, shown up and kind of whole hum through it. This is a rivalry game; doesn't take a lot to get the blood going here. Um, I think Fairfield has kind of uh, feasted on the front end of a schedule that benefited them a lot in learning how to win. Their program's been down for a couple of years, but I like Washington by a couple of scores this week. Well, wow, that's uh, that's kind of impressive. Now, let me ask you about uh, their schedule is weak. I mean, like the weakest I've ever seen anything ever. Their combined opponents, I believe, have two wins uh, but the, of the teams that they beat. And then when they go up against good teams, they do not fare well. But uh, let me ask you about Tate Allen, their quarterback. He, you know, he didn't write out the schedule, and he beats the teams he should beat, and he puts up 35-plus points about every game. Uh, how quality a quarterback is he? Well, when you start to look at uh, numbers for Fairfield, uh, 
you know, 62 or 118, um, anytime you get above that uh, 50% uh, completion percentage, especially at the high school level, awfully impressive. I mean, uh, to your point, uh, he's played kind of a weak schedule. You can only play who's out in front of you, but uh, he's taking care of business in the games he's supposed to take care of business. Um, they're getting the ball downfield. His completion percentage uh, number at uh, 52%, but 16 yards per completion. So, you know, uh, he, that's not every single play getting a 10-yard run after catch. He's moving the ball downfield. They've got medium. They've got deep routes in that repertoire. 11 touchdowns to three picks. That's also a huge number for high school kids. He's not turning the ball over and making bad decisions with the football. Quarterback rating up over 100. I think from a throwing standpoint, he's doing about what you ask him to do. From a rushing standpoint, he's a threat there too. He seems to make good decisions with the football. Up at five yards of carry, eight touchdowns, long as 62 on the ground. In the passing game, he's got a long touchdown of a couple of them of more than 30 yards this year. I think he's a guy that makes good decisions with the football, and uh, you've got him coming back for another year. It's just a June. Okay, so we're uh, we're going through more time than I, I thought we would, so we'll have to pick it up a little bit. But uh, this next game is a game that you should know well, and it's a pretty pretty uh, good matchup. You got Mid Prairie four and three, and uh, Davis County four and three. Mid Prairie, I see ranked number seventeen. Davis County at thirty. I've seen Davis County play a lot. Uh, I saw them play earlier in the year. They look like a, a team that does the fundamentals well. They tackle well. They seem to to do things. Now they played. Uh, I saw them play Williamsburg, and Williamsburg just ran over them, just brutally, just brute forced them uh, into a big loss. So talk to me about this game. I'm big on the Mount Mid Prairie. I really enjoy them. Yeah, you know this. Uh, we'll use Williamsburg as kind of the example here. Uh, Mid Prairie had that game. They gave up a, a big rushing touchdown midway through the third quarter, but they were up fourteen three and a half on Williamsburg's homecoming, and then they came back, battled back, were up twenty one seventeen in the fourth quarter. Williamsburg scored a touchdown with about five minutes to go. Mid Prairie got stopped on fourth and goal at the eight, trying to go in and win that game. Um, I like Mid Prairie's quarterback Will Cavanaugh, first year starter but he's up in the top 10 in the state in quarterback rating. He's number one in completion percentage, number seven in touchdown passes. Uh, from Davis County's numbers, I liken them a lot to what Mid-Prairie saw last week in Centerville, uh, just better than Centerville. Um, they do a lot of the same things. Carson Mater, great numbers, eighth in completion percentage, ninth in touchdowns. The offense rolling for uh, Davis County, but to your point, in the trenches is where Mid-Prairie was able to hang with Williamsburg a little bit better. Golden Hawk defensive line had a tough night, but the offensive line has had the offense uh, up at about seven, eight yards of play in most ball games. I think this one comes down to the line, and I like Mid Prairie's line play. Even though the skill positions, they're not quite a wash. I still think Mid Prairie gets the edge in skill positions, but I think it's it's a tighter battle there. But uh, this might be one where Mid Prairie pulls away in the second half to a, a couple score win. But uh, I take the Golden Hawks. There's a lot on the line too. The winner gets a home playoff game. Loser has to go on the road in the first round. Yeah, I, I picked Mid Prairie as my defense of the week last week. Uh, Davis County's a good team. I think they're playing well. Much improved program. But uh, I'm I'm with you on that. Okay, let's move it because we're really running out of time. Uh, this real, just touch on this real quick. Van Buren at Sigourney. I know this is not a contest. I just want to talk a little bit about Sigourney. Yeah, um, Sigourney Kyoto, a great team. Uh, I saw them early in the year. Uh, they've got that rushing attack going still with that single wing. Kate Molinex is a terrific workhorse. That guy, 
uh, six touchdowns or six in the state in uh, rushing touchdowns, first in uh, total carries, over 200 of those this year, 1,500 rushing yards. The defense is starting to come on. Uh, they're starting to play really well over there, even reach another level. And they've got guys that just make plays. When they need to play, it, it's not a coachable thing. It, it just happens. They make turnovers. They make stops. They get big touchdowns. They get big plays. That's just escapable. Okay, let's go over Cardinal and Pleasantville. Okay. Uh, Cardinal, you know, they've got that fun offense to watch. They like to air it out, and uh, that's not something you see a lot in high school. So you only get a week to get prepared for it. Pleasantville, uh, not necessarily a, a team that you hear a ton about. Um, Cardinals, just a, a fun bunch to watch, and you like the way they play. I think uh, Cardinals able to put some points on Pleasantville and get that win. Yeah, if I was going to describe Cardinal one word, it would be speed. Yes. Okay, number 30, West uh, or Winfield Mount Union at English Valley. Uh, this will be a fun one with the athleticism on the field. Uh, you look at Abrams, uh, you look at Buffington for Winfield Mount Union. That's countered by the 100-meter defending state champion, Bo Flander, over at English Valley. I saw EB earlier this year against Waco, the only team really to shut Flander down this season. Even had a big night against New London, who's a terrific team. But I think that uh, the number of athletes for Winfield Mount Union keeps this a very close ball game. But uh, the depth for English Valleys takes it by about a score. Okay, so that's the last of the picks. We got a few minutes here. Talk to me about Waco uh, season. I know they don't play this week. How good do you think Waco and Sigourney are as far as which one of these teams is going to take us the deepest in the playoffs? So I saw Waco shut out for the uh, part of the game where it was in doubt English Valleys, who's a very good team with uh, Flander, who we just talked about. I think Waco is the best team. They are the absolute epitome of the uh, some of the parts is more than the individuals. Uh, Reichenbach is a great athlete. He can throw the ball and run it. They're big up front. John Rice is a terrific change of pace for Waco in the backfield and at tight end. Collins is great on both sides of the ball. Deers, Sutton, I mean, we're naming, uh, there's only eight guys on the field. We're naming a lot of them. Waco is the most complete team to me. For Sigourney Kyoto, they're big in the trenches. Uh, that makes that running game so good. And Cade Mullinex is a home run hitter. He can do it both. He can be the workhorse. He can be a home run hitter. They're one-dimensional a little bit more than Waco just because of that spinner back offense. But they're so good and adept at making big plays when they need to. And they've been tested also. Two top 10 wins for Sigourney Kyoto. Really the one top 10 win for Waco this year. I think they both at least get to the quarterfinals this year. And I would not be a bit surprised to see them both up at the Unidome. Well, that's outstanding. Well, we've been talking with Zach Eulen from uh, KCII Radio. He's given us some great insight. Uh, I wish my program was more than 30 minutes. Uh, I'll give you a minute to wrap things up. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me again. You can find us at kciiradio.com online, AM 1380, FM 102.5, 106.1 KCII. We've got the Football Friday preview show each week, 6 until 7 o'clock. Myself and Cole Cook have that uh, 9 o'clock on Saturdays, KCII Radio Coaches Corner. Football right now this time of year, PM Sports page at 6 and 10 on Wednesday nights, 1 o'clock on Thursday afternoons. That's volleyball and cross country. And real quick, Want to give a shout out to the Mid Prairie Golden Hawk Girls cross country team going for their fifth straight state championship this year. They uh, just won the River Valley Conference meet last night uh, by uh, nearly a perfect score. They were two points off a perfect score from a conference championship. Well, that's outstanding. We've been talking again with Zach Ewing, KCII 
football Friday preview show. Uh, you got to catch that, guys. And uh, your, your analysis was outstanding, terrific. I know my viewers are going to be super happy to, to hear this interview. Uh, hopefully, we can, can we get you back on the show again sometime? Yeah, um, I'll, uh, I'll join you whenever. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, this is another Remember Smithburg Auto, uh, Fairfield, Iowa, two locations. Uh, serve you better. All your maintenance, all your fuel, all your new car needs. Uh, this has been our coverage, your round guy, the podcast coverage of Southeast Iowa High School football. Thank you very much.